This episode is sponsored by Kiss. The new single by me. <laughs> the new single by Dan Parkinson. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool. Stream Kiss by Dan Parkinson on all streaming platforms now. I'm all compatible with I just want your extra time and your Alright, I'm Dan and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast where we talk about mental health while working in creative industries. Today on the show, I'm talking to Rob Clamp. I don't know what other people think about me. I think if you get bogged down in that, then you end up really worried. We talk about the move into music. I remember being sat in the living room and seeing a reflection of myself in a suit and being like, this isn't what you want to be. And when is the best time to start following your passions? I feel like I've come into this quite late. It's now or never now. Like You've done a load of jobs that you hate. You want to actually try and do something you love. We talk about an artist's on and off stage personas. And he can't be like that the entire time. (laughs) Christmas Day comes down. (laughs) Kicks his kids' presents into the fire and goes, fucking up here. Dealing with critique. And they were like, I hated that first song. She just absolutely hated it. She was like, I felt personally attacked by the song. And the differences between playing solo and then starting a band. I kind of knew that I might not be able to actually get hold of the people that I necessarily wanted. And I also didn't really know what I wanted as well. And the costs that go into that. I hate to say it, but I don't think I've made a profit yet Mm -hmm. from a headline. If I've been lucky, I've broken even. And the logistics of booking shows. Do you have a manager? Do you have an agent? No, I don't have anything. No, I literally do it all myself. You're listening to the Stage Fright Podcast. Here's Rob Clamp, part one. That's not his name. This is just part one of his show. Imagine that was his full name. Right, mate. Yes. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Mate, no Thank worries. You. It was um it's really nice to like kind of sit down and actually have a chat with you because I've heard so yeah. much about you from yeah. Mark and Andy and that. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess for everyone listening, uh, who are you and what do you do? My name is Rob Clamp. Um I am a uh singer-songwriter, yeah. I guess, from Southampton. Uh, I primarily perform with an acoustic guitar and like a stomp box and a foot tambourine, so I'm yeah. a bit of a one-man band, but I do have a band as well, so from time to time I'll have the band out, but kind of one of those indie folk, poppy kind of people. Yeah, cool. Um, do you enjoy yeah. it? I love it. Do you enjoy no. the performance side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The performance side is uh, it's it's everything, really. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to do so much of the other stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. the other stuff well, that you, kills you, you. You just got back from a gig last night, yeah. and uh, you were messaging me at well, like 12 o'clock or whatever, saying something's happened with your van. Yeah, the van's just, the battery, <laughs> just go, go to get in it, and it's just, you know, you've got snow coming down, it's coming up to midnight, and you just turn it over, and it just doesn't start, and you're like, the battery's gone. Um, oh, now mate. what? <laughs> you now know, what? So like, your gig fee's gone on the new yeah, battery. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're just, you're just immediately, it's just those minor setbacks. It, sometimes it does feel like you're treading yeah. water, you know what I mean, as yeah. a musician, I think. But it's, uh, there's been, I've had a really, really good, like, kind of, probably a year now, really mm-hmm. good year. And the last 12 months has been super fun, loads of really good experiences, but still trying to, like it comes and goes in waves. Yeah. So it's it's that looking forward to the performing side, yeah. um, but then trying to actually properly enjoy it when you've got your head around the logistics of yeah. everything else so that you're doing. Trying to book time. everything and sorting out your van. and Because that's, that's what the idea of this podcast is, is on Instagram and stuff, it looks like the best job in the world, but yeah. no one knows that you're sat outside. Where were you playing last night? I was just playing at uh, Mast. I was doing like a, a guest 
appearance at a poetry oh, night. Cool. So it's called Write a Note in Southampton, which is really nice. It's it like it's a spoken word thing. So, but no one sees you on Instagram. No, sat in your van. I mean, they freezing. All, they all knew immediately, like that I was having issues with the van as soon as I announced it afterwards, and like it was yeah, a bit of a nightmare to kind of. Oh, um, but there, you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know what other people think about me. I try not to. Yeah. I think if you get bogged down in that, then you end up really yeah. worried. You know, so I try not to think about that. But the way in my head, all I'm doing is like just trying to get to the next gig. Yeah, like, that's all you can do. Like yeah. otherwise, it gets a bit too much. And so. there might be gigs that you're looking forward to, like ten gigs time. Yeah, you just got to think. Okay, forget about that one for now. Forget otherwise, about the Frank gonna, Turner one for now. I'm going to mess up this one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that, that's essentially it. Um, do you um do you think you're quite an anxious person in general? Mm. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. It depends entirely on what it is. Well, I saw um, a post from you the other day that said about artists that have to promote their own gigs yeah. and how you feel about constantly badgering people <laughs> about that. Like, so I'm not a fan of that. The approach that I have to promoting my own music and doing everything that I do is like I feel like I've come into this quite late I did a lot of jobs and like lots of different things up until I was about 25 26 and then when I I got to that kind of age I kind of realized oh it's now or never now like Mm -hmm. you like you've done a load of jobs that you hate you want to actually try and do something you love so set aside the time to persist and go and do it so it's quite strange for me because I've been an adult and been a full consumer of going to festivals and never thinking I'd do any and like seeing people I like and people people I don't like in like on socials and all that and kind of working out what I do and don't like mm. from that I've, I've never like I guess I've had like almost 10 years of being an adult and being like I'm not going to be a musician so yeah. so just be a consumer and it's only over the course of the last four or five years where I've actually started to do more and more music and now over the last three years in particular I'm just nailed on like this is all I'm going to do yeah, now wow so it's like it's a strange approach for me do you remember that moment that you thought Okay, no, this is it. Was it a gig or was it? Uh, you at it home? was a, yeah, it was. Uh, I was an estate agent in. I'd come back from uni. I was an estate agent living in in Romsey, and I think my my brother played a song. Like I'd never heard him kind of write anything before, mm. and he he played a song one day to me, and it it just kind of hit me. I just specifically remember being sat in the living room and seeing a reflection of myself in a suit. And being like, this is oh really? Like, yeah, it was nice. one of those really weird moments where it was like, I, I, this is this isn't what you want to be. And looking at wow. him and being like, that's what I want to be. Which is, is your like, brother younger? Than he's you? two years older than he's me. Two years older. So, um, but he's done a lot of music like yeah. consistently, and he does a lot of like production and stuff like that. Cool. And still writes now. But it was literally one of those moments where I was like, I could see where I was, and I yeah. could see what he was doing, and I was like, I don't want to be doing what yeah. I'm doing right now. I want to do that. And uh, it was literally that moment where I was like, right, okay, I need to ch- I need to sort something out. And then it still took a year or two for me to kind of kick into gear. Yeah, because you don't wake up the next day and go, cool, I've got 10 no. fully-fledged songs. And yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't know about you as well. It's like when you're kind of young, for me, I was like just assuming something good would happen at yeah. some point. Yeah. Like you're just kind of like, I'll go to a few open mics and I don't know, Sam Fender's manager will see uh, yeah. you. And the record I mean? company will be there <laughs> and they'll sign me up and they'll give me a million dollars. That's what will happen. <laughs> and that's how it works. I'm going to be that good straight away. And uh, and it's funny you asked about anxiety because like when I was like 24, 25, I think I felt I was better then. At the time, yeah. I had more confidence in myself then yeah. and my ability then than I do now. But I look back at myself back then and I'm like, 
I know I'm better now than I yeah, was then. Yeah, that And I'm, it could have been just a, a comfort thing that you were in a job that paid yeah. you, you know, 40 quid a month. Or 40 quid a month. 40 quid a month. <laughs> 40 quid a month. <laughs> what a job. Yeah. A job that paid you 40 quid a month. Now you're in a job that paid you 40 quid a month. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it could have been a comfort thing that you just thought, oh, okay, now I'm comfortable now, mm. so I'm therefore more confident in myself. But yeah, it's hindsight, isn't it? When you get older, you realise, oh, actually, I was a bit of a dweeb back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't feel, I've never had an issue with confidence, like okay. in, in terms of like my actual music up until the point where I was like hanging everything on music and then mm. you're like then all of a sudden you're like oh no like this I actually so, need to be really good at this yeah it gets to a point doesn't yeah, it where yeah, you yeah. see someone and you go oh shit I need to be like that yeah I need exactly, to do that yeah. patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson music for advert free higher quality and early access to the Stage Fright podcast before you saw your brother play that song with yeah. the, the, the brother chronicles yeah uh, before you saw your brother play that song were you a musician anyway were you playing and writing at that time or were I, you... I wasn't massively I'd, I'd like I've been playing since I was about 15 it's quite funny how I started playing to be honest because I was like it was always my brother who did music and then I was about 15 years old and I think I was I got injured I, I was playing sport I was doing a lot of sport a lot of oh, football wow. and uh I was watching the Super Bowl like super late on like a black and white tv and Tom Petty did the halftime show oh cool and uh I don't know what it was but like that was it yeah. it was just straight away like as soon as he started playing i was like who's this guy wow. like i fancy that and the next day i picked up a guitar so it's kind of like my head was always and my heart also was pretty much on sport yeah and i always fancied sport and then i got more and more injuries and realized i wasn't going to be able to do i wasn't gonna, sadly i wasn't going to make it as a professional yeah. football player <laughs> yeah. um not that, not that i was anywhere near an yeah. academy anyway yeah. but like, when you're you that know, age yeah. you think oh i'm gonna be like david beckham yeah I'm gonna be get, like i've seen jamie vardy you know yeah. he can, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. come out of nowhere i'm yeah. gonna be the next guy you know yeah, just yeah. playing in tyro youth league and just going straight into <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, like, I, don't know. I wasn't even that i was i was never even the best player in the team no 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 i just always fancied it mm. and um but it so i never really kind of thought about it that much but i've always wanted to it sounds arrogant to say i'm always comfortable being like center of attention yeah and, like that kind of thing i think you have and to be you really have to be in there's different kinds of center of attention isn't there there's one where mm. you're on stage in front of a thousand people and you go, yeah, this is the best. But then there's that weird one where you're around family at Christmas. Yeah, and they yeah. go, get your guitar out. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. There's like eight family members here. And you're like, I've never felt more uncomfortable. Yeah, is this because yeah, it's yeah. your family? This is just weird. It's yeah, just weird. This is yeah. just weird. No, I, I don't know. I feel much more comfortable in like... A, it's also when I play in front of people I don't know. Yeah. I feel I'm much more comfortable with that than, mm. in, than in front of people I do. Even though I think the more you play, the more like where I am at the stage in my career. It started happening to me recently, which is quite cool, but I'm kind of like on relatively decent terms with most of the people that come and watch me play because I'm still quite cool. a, a modest act in that sense. Yeah. I don't have tens of thousands of followers. So it's like, it's great to see people that I recognize and I'll still go and talk to and be like, yeah. you know, how was your trip in? I still know whereabouts there base and how far they've come which so, is very important for an artist that's yeah trying to build their brand but it's it's nice but i mean i don't get nervous performing in front of them because i know that they're following the music mm. more it feels like they're following the music more than they're following me mm -hmm. but i'm sure like i'm sure there's part of that in yeah part of yeah. both of it to it you know i'll still go and talk to them and yeah. it is quite funny because you do kind of gradually get to know people and end up talking about certain things and meeting them and i don't know you'll play somewhere like i don't know miles away and you'll bump into somebody that you're not expecting to see there and then you'll i don't know you'll go somewhere else and you'll see them somewhere else or so it's, it's just 
to get your head around it. But then it's recently I've gone through the situation where people have started to come to things that I don't know, I haven't seen, Great. haven't recognised. And that and, gives you more of a boost. That gives you like a, right, let's go. Oh, let's yeah, show off in front yeah. of these guys now. Yeah. More into more of a cocky, you know, <laughs> yeah. person. But now it's... Well, no, there's a massive difference between confidence and arrogance. Yeah, there? There's a huge so. difference in that. So, yeah. Like, I assume that... I mean, you're a lovely dude, and Thank you've you. you can see your confidence on stage, but you're not coming off stage going, "Yeah, I just I just played the rock house." Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like no one cares really. Like. <laughs> well, no, like I don't know, but I'm always it's quite funny though because I try and I try and get things filmed quite a lot, especially like the headlines, depending on the budget and how the van's doing at the time, like. <laughs> So I try and get things filmed and it's been quite funny like going back over videos and I'll just be sat there like, ah, oh, I don't know how I look in this. Because you don't, mm, you never think no. about, I don't think you can overthink it. You've got, just got to do what you feels natural and, and then just kind of roll with it. And yeah. ho- hopefully that's what people like because yeah. it, you're not faking it. Like, no, you, no. This is the thing. And it's, again, it comes back to that whole, I was old enough to recognise people I felt were kind of faking it on stage. And then I always knew if I ever got into a scenario where I was going to go and play that I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's also that thing where like, like imagine if you got famous and you were all like a level of success and then you'd faked your way to that and then you had to pretend to be that the entire time. Yeah, like, how yeah. much would that damage you? <laughs> you end so, up being Liam Gallagher. The yeah, whole, exactly. Whole life. <laughs> like imagine Liam Gallagher going home and just like switching off, having a nice <laughs> cup of tea or like, you know, having a foot bath or something. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, he might do that. I don't know. It's a stage show at the end of the day. It's yeah, a I mean, show. It's like I mean, you can still do yeah. all the things Liam Gallagher does and have a foot yeah. bath and be a lovely guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he can't. But. but it'd be interesting to see him in that sort of just sit down and play a board game with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, because I'm sure he must be like good around. I, I think he's got family in that, so yeah. he must be, he must be good around. Like, the I family imagine he's and the a great dad. He's a lovely yeah, husband. Like, exactly. But he has this persona where it's like rock and roll. Like, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna beat everyone up. Yeah, and he can't be like that the entire time. <laughs> Like, he just can't be. Christmas no. Day comes down, <laughs> kicks his kids' presents yeah. into the fire and goes, fucking up here. Yeah, go and get that. <laughs> but that, that's just the way, it, yeah, so... Try you kind of wanted myself. to take that in a way that, oh, I'll just be myself mm. on stage. If people don't like it, that's fine. There's always the rest of the world they can go. Well, it's, it's funny because it's like, weirdly, I probably feel more comfortable being myself on stage than I do the bits kind of around it often. Because mm. it's like the bits around it where you're... I know what I want to do in terms of I have a clear vision in my mind of the ways that I want to treat people who come out of their way to come and watch me play music like I think it's probably the same to like yourself and other musicians it's like if somebody has gone out their way to come and watch you play Mm. you want to reciprocate that niceness with niceness like so you want to go and like say hi to them and even if you're having a shit day yourself that's the difficult thing like I could come in here produce a band and you know I've never met them before I could be having a shit time yeah but they turn up I've got to be like hey guys how you doing like because they've they're spending their time their money on me to produce them up or mix them or whatever yeah yeah I've got to be that. Hey, how's it going? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's hard sometimes, but you've got to kind of. I had, I had it a while ago where I played somewhere in London, and two people came up from Southampton to watch me in London. Wow! And they'd got like a hotel and like everything for the night. Wow! And uh, I was like, when I walked in and they didn't tell me they were coming and like I walked in and they were there and I was like, what? Like, you know, what are you doing? And they were like, we come to see you, you know, absolutely buzzing to see me kind of thing. And I was was like, that's incredible. But I was like, I had just gone through the ULES zone, like the ultra low emission zone. (laughs) And like, I've just been trying to work out just park where I can park my van (laughs) in like a part of London that I've never driven in. I think I've accidentally just gone 25 in a 20 somewhere. (laughs) All of London's in a 20. 
20 zone. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know what's happened. Yeah. I've just had the most stressful hour and a half of my life. I've arrived like 45 minutes later than I was intending to. Yeah. Miss sound check. And I've got to walk in and be like, oh, great to see you yeah, guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and that's a genuine like reaction because you, you know, you want to see these yeah, people and stuff. And that's a genuine reaction, but it is funny. Just you... suppress all those bad feelings. Yeah. You've got all, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. all the negative stuff you've yeah. got coming up. And just like, like hey. push that right down, you yeah. know? Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, yeah, it's quite funny because yeah, you do have a lot of those days and, it, and it's all the, the things going behind the scenes where you show up somewhere and you're like, okay, I've got to bottle that up like yeah. so, so for at least the next three hours. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, the performing is actually the stress release that often yeah. you need because it, it clears your head. I never have nervous energy towards like the actual performance, especially if you get a decent sound check in yeah. and, you, and you're comfortable with mm. it because you're just like, oh, okay. You've had a bit of food, you've got enough water. Yeah, that's, you, your sound, your set up, you know yeah. your voice is in all right place or yeah. whatever. That's another thing. But, you've got all those anxieties before you even think about your set list, before you even think yeah. about, oh, how's my voice going to... Why never write a like, set list? I've, ne not? I've never... like. If I'm with the band, like this is the thing. So if I if I play with the band, then yeah, we'll do a set list. Yeah. But I I don't like set lists. Right. Um. Which is really like that's I don't know how that sounds. I don't <laughs> I don't like set lists. If you're a solo act, I don't really see the point in having a set list. Yeah. D because yeah. you're a solo act, so you can kind of just do what you just want. Do what you want. I always have two or three songs that I know are going to be towards the end of the set, mm -hmm. and there'll always be one or two that I'll play towards the start. I like your opening but song actually. I mean, if you don't the, get a sound check, the one about the rules of the gig one. Yeah, the rules of yeah, the gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's great yeah no, great that's, that's good fun that and that, that'll be coming out soon actually. oh really um, cool yeah. <laughs> i wrote that as a joke and i wasn't even supposed to record it as a song yeah. and um i went to i used to go to an open mic i still do from time to time but there's an open mic in winchester called roots which uh -huh. is on a monday night at the railway subtle plug for those guys yeah. <laughs> um but there's a group of people there who are i don't know how to describe them in a because they, they are they're good friends and they're actually lovely people yeah. i'm trying to think it's like the two old men bickering in the muppets okay yeah yeah you know what i mean like except for they're really nice and, and they're just in them. the background talking so they don't talk so they're really polite oh, whenever, but as soon as somebody comes in and does anything they're like oh look at him coming in there you know what i mean and they'll be like oh for goodness oh, and, and, and one that. of them will get up and they'll shush them like or they'll go over they'll shush him and they'll come back which is actually a really nice thing oh for an wow open that's, night. yeah that's so nice. they're, they're kind of like policing it yeah um and it's funny because the regulars kind of know they're gonna do it like i know before they've even done anything that one of them is already walking towards the table that's making noise like i just know <laughs> um if i hear a chair about 30 seconds into a song i know i'm not gonna say their names I know one of the two of them is getting up to go over towards the drunken table in the corner, which is clearly disturbing everyone yeah. and politely saying, can you please be quiet or can you please leave? So I kind of, I wrote it for them because it was like, it's just a list of the things that have happened at that open mic. Oh, night. that's great. And that's lovely. It, it's kept happening. And yeah, it was a joke. Like it wasn't yeah. serious. It was just like, oh, I'll just write it for these guys. Cause I like this open mic. And um, this is a shout out to the regulars who go there. I think I finished it. The first time I played it there, they were like, that was, did you write that? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, <laughs> why? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, just did it as a, it just don't take it. Yeah. Didn't take it particularly seriously. And it's probably one of my better songs now, like, which is just stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny working with uh, Undy and Mark in the studio because yeah. I think when we went to record it, it will be on the album mm -hmm. and it will be, it will be coming out as a single, uh, hopefully 
I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it may be out by the time the podcast comes oh, out. Cool. But um, it should precede the album because we recorded it and I've spent like some of the songs on that album, I've spent like years writing them. You know what I mean? And then you write a song like that that you don't care that much <laughs> yeah. about and you spent like 15 minutes working yeah. on it just yeah. going like well i'm never gonna play it like yeah. you know what yeah. i mean i'm never, yeah, I'm yeah. never gonna take it's it just see what happens. yeah just just see, what yeah and then you get to the end of it and you're like oh i'll just throw it away i'll just play yeah. it once as a joke and next thing you know you've recorded it and it sounds really good and you're like <laughs> and i think i turned to undy in the studio and i was like i was like man i'm so annoyed i'm now i'm gonna have to go and get a music video or something yeah. done on this <laughs> yeah. and <Yeah. laughs> like it just all of this money's now got to go and promoting yeah. a song yeah i didn't yeah. even really mean to write but i guess at least it's authentic you know what i mean and that's, it's honest as well yeah. this is a well, thing that, yeah that's yeah. that's part of your ethos isn't it just yeah. be just be you yeah and exactly what happens happens and just yeah ruin the night for attack the audience as soon as the yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As, you know what yeah. they say there's a good but thing it's nice because it's not done in an aggressive way which is really nice it's kind of like and people don't realize at first yeah, yeah and then you know when you say like i think one of the lyrics is like people to come forward or yeah that kind of thing yeah. you start to see people going oh he's talking about us yeah like, yeah i played it a few times at that open mic and it got to the point where people were like oh, you gotta keep playing it so i started playing it at gigs proper gigs where people are paid to come and watch yeah and i played it at one and after the show you're selling merch and cds yeah, and whatnot yeah. afterwards and people had come up i remember the first couple of people in the queue were like that first song that was so good like it's really difficult to articulate a polite way to tell people to yeah. be quiet and they were kind of making the point of like oh, i just loved it let us know when it's out kind of thing can we get a cd and all this and i was like yeah sure and it got to like this person and they were like i hated that first song <laughs> she just absolutely hated it she was like she was like i felt personally attacked by the song <laughs> And I was like, Nate, like, <laughs> like this is the point of the song yeah. is that like it's trying to not have people ruin the show for yeah. other people. The key line in the song is don't ruin it for everyone else. Yeah. Because somebody's ruining it. If you're <laughs> not ruining it, you should know. Like you yeah. know if you're not ruining it. If you can hear the song, it probably means that you're behaving okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's it. And also it makes a point of like I'm also not really telling people to like I don't know. I don't want people to show up and feel like, oh, we've really got to. But I would hate people to think, yeah. like, oh, we've really you don't got want to, to behave. Be a teacher. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, Rob's written this rules of the gigs. Yeah. Oh, we really need to be quiet in the front <laughs> row. And, and like, it's not like that. It's like, look, people have paid money, and some people have traveled quite a long way to come and watch music. Enjoy it, but like, just don't spoil it for everyone. Mm. Like, you can still enjoy. It. You can still whisper, and you, if you need to have a ch proper chat with someone, just go outside. Just go outside. And do yeah, it. you can make little jokes and go, oh, look at that. Look at yeah, what the yeah, drummer's yeah. doing. Or like, I you actually, I enjoy that. a bit of the like clapping along and a bit of the heckling. Mm. Like I actually, because otherwise it, it can feel a bit stagnant sometimes mm -hmm. when you're going through speaking. And I don't know about you, but if you like crack jokes or whatever, and no, it doesn't feel like anybody's laughing or yeah. anything. It, it actually does help if somebody shouts something out once in a while. Yeah. I'm not saying when this podcast goes out to anybody hearing this, we're just going to go along and <laughs> heckle gonna, this guy. Him, yeah. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that like, I do actually enjoy that side more than most acoustic musicians i think would there's um, a bit more interaction isn't it with the crowd yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i find quite a um call it a sunday morning audience where it's like sometimes you'll play to an audience of people where if it's a full room it's completely quiet i think somebody compared it to a, a church audience mm. where you're like it's completely quiet you hear a pin drop and that can be a really daunting experience performing mm. in that whereas if you've got a little bit of i don't know people clapping along singing along a little bit of a murmur so people can talk a little or the bars you know a little bit of a clink yeah. here and there or glasses 
I, I find that much more relaxing yeah. because it, it just feels like people are there to enjoy themselves. Yeah, and I guess that's with most grassroots artists, that's what they've grown up with. That's the, yeah. the kind of gigs they played are those kind of I think gigs. most of us have grown up with much worse than yeah, that. Yeah, so like, yeah. I'm quite happy that people have shown up, yeah. but I don't, <laughs> I don't want people to feel under pressure. To Obviously, you do get the odd gig where there'll be one table absolutely destroying it for yeah. people. And that's what the song's aimed at, really. All right, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans account. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the show. What's it like being an artist now? Because you're quite adaptable, aren't you? You've got the solo thing and you've got the band. Yeah. How important is that with what you do? It's it's massively important. It's something that I thought about when I think again maybe the being older thing helped me a bit mm. because You're I not kind wet of, behind the ears. You yeah, know, you know I, I kind of like stood there and went, okay, I need to be flexible enough depending on what the audience and situation is. Mm. And what I like to be able to do is, especially when you're trying to grow, is logistically it can be really tough to get a band everywhere mm-hmm. um it might not always be the right audience as well for a band like you could have yeah. quite an intimate quiet show i'm quite keen on just keeping hold of an acoustic guitar i don't really play electric guitar mm-hmm. which is again that's quite a unique thing so i do often end up being thrown in with other acoustic musicians when mm-hmm. i'm normally a bit too upbeat for quite yeah. a lot of acoustic musicians what i've always wanted to do is be able to offer people more on the odd occasion when the band is there and i'm pretty open about it as well because it's like what that means is that i can do 90 percent of my gigs solo i can go around i can play my own songs i can do it in my own style and then i'm able to bring this full band show where they'll feel like they'll get more out of it Hmm. because i I think people i I don't want to say that people will get bored of it i'm not saying they would at all but again thinking back to like growing up it's like if i was going to go and see a band that i really liked i'd be kind of tempted I, i guess i'm quite a bad fan in that way but i'd be kind of tempted to go and watch a band and if i've seen them play one headline show the next time they come to town unless they've released something new i'd be less inclined to Mm -hmm. go and watch them play so i've always had that attitude of like right you need to offer more whenever you can so i love the fact that you can switch it up Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't always have to be the full band like yeah you've got that kind of music where you could go out solo you could go out with just you and a bass player yeah yeah, because you've got the stomp box you've got the tambourine that's the idea and when getting hold of the guys to come and work as well it was really important to me that fundamentally the most important thing when it came to recruiting the the guys i say recruiting but like they're good guys Mm. is that they were good people Mm. like that was the most important thing oh that's more Um, important than yeah how they play you know it it is yeah i I think sometimes that goes a bit under the radar for some people Mm. i don't know when you're in a situation where when i was trying to get a hold of people to come and play with me and join this band i think I had announced that I was doing the Joiners show in Southampton. And I think I'd done, a, I think it's about 200 cap. I think I'd done about 100 
I'd done over 100 tickets. Wicked. And I was just trying to get hold of somebody to come and play with me. Yeah. To kind of... But at that point, it Did was... Did you feel like you had to offer more because people were buying tickets? <clears throat> sort or was it something you wanted of. to... It was a mixture of both. Like, I always knew that I would want to have more than just me performing anyway. Mm. Certainly at this point in my career, it's like, I feel like it's just important that you can offer people something. There was always the thing where I kind of knew that I might not be able to actually get hold of the people that I necessarily yeah. wanted. And I also didn't really know what I wanted as well, which is a bit of a strange thing because my brother plays a lot of music. He wasn't available to play. And I've always counted on him with a lot of studio stuff. He can sing, he plays guitar, plays bass, Great. plays drums, plays Great. piano. So I've kind of grown up with this really close person to me who if I ever needed something on a record or in a live show or whatever, it's like, oh, I need somebody to play bass. Oh, my brother will come and play bass. You know, I need somebody to play piano. He'll come and do that. So you've kind of been spoiled in that Yeah, in that sense, but he wasn't available. So it was like, okay, (laughs) so I need to go and find someone who plays six instruments, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, and I also didn't really know anyone. Um, I didn't want to get ahead of myself in the sense that, I don't want to sound arrogant, but Mm -hmm. I was trying to be modest about it at the time and being like, I actually don't know if I can recruit anyone. I don't know if people will want to come and play with me because I don't know if people are coming to watch this show because they're just friends with me or they're coming to watch this show because they like my music, which is a really difficult thing that I think a lot of people have to get their heads around as well because there's a lot of people who do really well locally. They can get their mates in and they can get people to come and watch. Get their family in. That's all. It's a great show. And you you can do 50 to 100 tickets you know just yeah. getting your friends and your pals down and being like let's and it's have a some big bids. night out and like everyone's loving it like. yeah but then the next stage is like okay you're going to actually attract people who were coming to watch the support act to come back to your yeah. show if you get what i mean yeah but i mean in the point i was at that time it was like right i'm gonna go and try and find someone ben who's the pianist he also plays slide guitar and electric guitar as well I knew him vaguely as uh, just a drunk guy from an open mic, which is quite funny. Cool. He, I didn't really know what instrument he played, but he seemed like a nice guy. And uh, he's going to hate me if he hears that, but really nice guy. And uh, it's just what I, was, I just liked him. And I was like, okay, we'll have a rehearsal. And I'm self-taught, so it was also the kind of awkwardness of I'm not great on music theory. Yeah, no, so me either. It's it's one of those things where he was good on music theory. <laughs> you know, when you sit <laughs> yeah, down with someone yeah. who's good at music theory, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, is that a C sharp major seventh yeah. or something?" <laughs> and you're just like, "I don't know." Like, it's fret free, <laughs> uh, but I'm in drop D tuning, so <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. So I don't know. I sat down with him, and we got on pretty well. But then when it came to the other guys, Sam, we who who plays drums and banjo i knew i wanted sam to play because uh, he's a good soul like he's mm. just a good guy but i'd never met anyone who could play drums and banjo before i yeah. just thought that was really cool you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and yeah. i still love it now yeah um i love the fact that people are like but why does he play both like yeah. i don't get it <laughs> yeah. like you know what i mean and, and it's quite interesting for the for the audience as well to see musicians just like swap and yeah. do, do other things and mm. yeah I, th- I think that's a really good interesting thing to watch i think it's Gregory Allen Isakoff, he's got a band that just all swap. This is it, but, great. It's so interesting. But to this watch. is it. Like I, I listen to quite a lot of his stuff, yeah. and uh, he uses a lot of banjo. It as he kind of uses a banjo as an electric guitar. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't use a banjo like a banjo. He uses it as the melodic riffs of an electric yeah. guitar. And I wanted to use the banjo in a similar kind of fashion. So I was like, right, if I can get hold of a banjo player, and then on the first rehearsal we were like 
there are going to be some songs here that he can't play banjo on because it just clashes too much with the acoustic mm-hmm. riffs that I'm doing. So it was like, okay, well, if he's going to play drums and Ben's going to play keys, we can't, we might need a bassist here. <laughs> yeah. um, and then by which point I was like, okay, well, where do we get a bassist from? And Sam was in a, in a band called The Descending Gentlemen where they're a, like an upbeat, folky band. They do quite a lot of covers, gigs and stuff. But yeah. Dave and Ed, Ed is the bassist, Dave is the, the violinist and harmonica player and uh they were they were both in that band with sam and so i stole three three <laughs> six i think of that yeah. band um that's quite but, good then logistically because then you only really have to worry about say you've got a six-piece band yeah. and they're all in different bands you've got to worry about what they're doing with their six other bands yeah yeah, yeah. whereas if they're all from the same band that's what frank turner used dive dives band yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah so you, turn them into sleeping souls yeah basically. just turn them into that yeah yeah but this was kind of I don't know. It was just important that so if you've got people joining a band that you don't know and it, you don't want to come across like a dictator, yeah, you know what I mean. Because it's your project, your name's on the bill. Yeah, you're I'm, the one that has to bark the orders around. Yeah, essentially, I'm paying for quite a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. There's a yeah. lot hanging on it. Yeah, and if you don't know them, you don't know what their personalities are mm. going to be like. Unfortunately, like they're really nice people. Mm. Like they're genuinely really nice people. I love those guys, and uh, like both of them go out of their way to help and come and perform and and do everything behind the scenes as well. They all do. Obviously, if I didn't have Sam there, then I wouldn't have met them. But yeah. having Sam there also helps in the dynamic of me being like, okay, like I need to somehow, how do I talk to these guys politely to be like, that, don't do that. Yes. You know, you, can you do it yeah. this way? Or how about you try doing this? And to be fair, like it just worked. Yeah, like, it's, it, well, it has worked. I think the thing for me is that I'm not anywhere near where I want to be yet anyway yeah so it's like i'm not really celebrating if you get what i yeah, mean which yeah, is quite yeah. sad but i'm not celebrating because i still want to do you're so still, much you're more still working you're still yeah and you i think you'll always feel like that you'll always even if you play wembley you'll yeah. always be going cool now all right we need to get number one we need to get an album yeah, number yeah, one. yeah, and yeah. All, that's what an artist does they just always and well, not the, in like a arrogant way or anything they're just always looking for the next okay what's the next well the goalposts move don't yeah. they which yeah. is the thing and it's like it's even like with you in the studio and everything it's like you know you get to a point and you're like oh i might want to go and do this now yeah, and it, yeah and it's like okay i've done that well now i might want to focus or you on go, doing oh, something else i'm gonna start releasing more music and then spotify go oh we're gonna stop paying people on spotify and you go oh cool brilliant <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to release podcasts on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do release two podcasts. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Before we get off the band thing, it's mm. I, I got a lot of listeners that aren't musicians, so yeah, they're going to they, love the stuff about the band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but because they they want to know that it's not just logistically you've got to sort out these members. So how many members you got? Five members. There's five of us in total, like including me. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's quite a manageable band, but you've got a. Okay, is everyone free for rehearsal on this day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that. Can we do the day before? Oh, well, I can't do the day before. Okay, can we do it? Okay, let's do it the week after. And then it gets yeah. closer and closer to the gig. Yeah. So you've got to work out all that sort of logistics yeah. before you go. I mean, I don't know how much you're paying them. I, I'm just going to put a figure out there. Yeah. So you're, And then you're paying them £100 a gig. Yeah. That's £400 you're paying out yeah. before you've even played the show. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, a, a lot of people that aren't musicians and haven't been in bands, they don't sort of realise how much it costs. So when people go, oh, can you come and play this charity event? Can you bring the band and play this charity event? Oh, it'd be good exposure. And you're like, it's actually going to cost me probably about 400 quid yeah before i've even man like it's even it's even like the rehearsal space yeah the rehearsal space like you know so like i rehearse i'm not gonna say where i rehearse but it's it's probably about it's about 30 quid every time that we rehearse somewhere for like an evening of you know a few hours so you need probably 
two or three rehearsals per two three rehearsals. per gig. And so most, that's like, that's most like 100 session quid guys, yeah, that's hundred gone. And most session guys want to be paid for the rehearsal yeah, as well. Yeah. So they're pay, let's say they're paying hundred quid for the rehearsal. As yeah, well. So yeah. that's your rehearsal cost. That's a lot of money. But gone. I mean, this is but this is kind of why it's like you just have to be careful about who you recruit as well. I knew that, and I've I've known for quite some time. You have to be careful about whether you're going to recruit if you're going to recruit session people that a you don't have to rehearse as much because they yeah, they they're, like they're on, it, they're, yeah. they're on the ball um cheers so yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're on the ball and then they're normally able just to drop in pretty pretty yeah. much unannounced and do it yeah. you know but there's with the people that i have there it's the logistical issues issues behind it where you know these are fantastic guys and they work really hard mm. i do still have to pay them whatever i can yeah but I, i'm just transparent about it yeah so i don't really hide anything from them I, I don't i mean i tend to at the moment anyway i'm pretty happy to say this to be fair like they just take the gig fee and i take the merch fee oh, generally cool. speaking at the moment um, great because i can be so transparent about that yeah. i don't feel bad talking about that really because i kind of think it's my responsibility to make sure they get a fair pay yeah even then the gig fee might not be what i would like it to be yeah you know what i mean yeah that's the general rule of thumb they take the gig fee and and i'll take the merch fee which is why i'm always trying to sell merch yeah you always got to um, sell the merch yeah because but yeah then the merch cost you money as well yeah so the merch did you've, yeah you've paid out 500 quid before you've even got yeah. the t-shirts back so you know what i, I mean? I, do, I don't know if I've I mean I hate to say it but I, I don't think I've made a profit yet mm -hmm. from a headline like personally I certainly haven't if I've been lucky I've broken even yeah um, that's no knock on the, the venues or the promoters no, no, or anything it's, it's not the nature, nature of the, the it's nature just, of the job it is literally the way it works yeah. um, it's how it works somebody has to pay for the rehearsals somebody yeah. has to sort things out behind the scenes and the band as far as I'm concerned, still don't get paid enough. Mm. And I'd love to pay them more. Yeah. But it, it seems like there's a bit of a jump between the people who are in a position similar to me and then there's people who are being paid five times amount yeah you know the next level or two up where they're you know but they've worked so hard to get there they've done all they've, they've done, done all the stuff you yeah yeah doing now they've to, done it together, so yeah. so they deserve to have it because they're probably recuperating their losses that they've had for yeah, the, yeah. For the previous 10 years so but the point like we're trying to get across is it, it does cost quite a bit to run a band yeah 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 which you is can. why you need to be adaptable to do the solo stuff and you can go out and do three solo shows a week to kind of that's it yeah recoup that like and it's even with this these european dates i've got coming up it's like I, i'm gonna go and do that solo quite a lot of the uk dates yeah i'm doing solo i'd love to be able to take the band but i also have to be reasonable enough with myself and say like oh if people don't know me in manchester very well yeah. then if i go up and sell 10 tickets in manchester i could be playing in a really nice venue where the promoters are like you can keep all the ticket money yeah and it's like great that's a hundred it's a hundred quid to split between you know four of them so yeah. that it's 25 pounds each yeah and that's nothing to me you know yeah and that's that's where the issue lies so you, you work out the financials behind that it, it is tough i don't know i try not to think too much about it because mm -hmm. uh my my missus will get annoyed because <laughs> <laughs> but um it's really like the way that I think you've got to see it is it's an investment. Like yeah. I work two or three jobs to be able to afford to pay for that kind of thing. Yeah. And the way in my head that I've worked it out is I do cover gigs, I do original gigs, and I keep those two separate in my head yeah. because one of them is set to make a profit and the other one isn't. Yes. Um, one and, of them pays uh, for the other one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And annoyingly this year, I'll have to 
cut down on the cover gigs and stop them essentially because i can't do both of them anymore that's the thing as well you've got to be mentally prepared to do both those gigs yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I can't do both because i'm being booked too much to do mm. original stuff which is great yeah but but also people keep coming to the cover gigs thinking i'm playing original music yeah then they might not go to a show where i'm playing original music instead so it's like right and it's so also, to- it's not fair on pubs or venues where you're going to play and then somebody shows up and they're like, oh, can you play this song that you've yeah. released on Spotify? And, and other people who are just there for dinner or something. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, no, we want to hear we Angels, wanna, you, know? Hear- <laughs> <laughs> you know? And <laughs> so, and it, that's upsetting because I do love the cover gigs. I, I like the, there's a lot of bub, bubs, pubs <laughs> and uh, bars that I play in where like, I genuinely enjoy that. But it's it's a strange dynamic, mm. man, because it's trying to find a balance. Yeah. But there's the problem is like right now for me, like last year, over the course of last year, I probably had that balance about right with covers and originals. And this year, it's been strange because you you come up to where I'm touring in in March and April and May, I'm getting messages from venues and pubs being like, oh, can you come and do covers here and there? Mm. And I'm like, I can't do anything. You know, I'm away. Uh, yeah. Or the nights where I'm not away, it's like you need to stay away because you need to rest your voice you, you need, need a rest do, yeah and you know that you're gonna go and play in london yeah. you know three days later or something so i don't know man it's hard to explain patreon.com forward slash dan parkinson music do you enjoy the booking aspect of stuff that you is, do, a, that you is do a your, nightmare you do your own booking <laughs> that don't is you? a nightmare um do you got a tour coming up in march march march, march. Yeah. uh no basically uh no like i mean Wow, that sounds horrendous. It's it's great when it works out. What goes into and, that? Like, like, what do you need to do? You want to book a tour, what do you do? So, first and foremost, you need to have a decent online presence. Mm. There's been quite a few people who have asked me for help and advice with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're asking me for help of how to get shows in places and they don't even have a video of themselves performing yeah. live. And it's like the first thing that a venue is going to click on is a YouTube video or a video of you doing something mm. and going like, okay, you know, you, well, we can't see you playing live yeah, anywhere. Yeah. And also, it's like you can't just have one video. You you need like because there's twenty thousand other artists. That yeah, are also yeah. We need to find. Way. We need to see that you're reliable and consistent, mm. and you know, you're nice and friendly, and all these things that are sellable assets to us as a mm. as a business. So it's only over the course of the last six to eight months where I've felt like I have enough on online where I can just message somebody on social media and just go. Just look at my page. Mm-hmm. Um, let me know if it works. But even then, I don't know, probably four out of five don't respond. Yeah. And normally that one in five that do respond, I don't know, it's 50-50 as to whether they'll respond with something positive or something negative, as yeah. in they'll just go, really sorry, got nothing for you. Or they'll just go... Yeah, because the dates tr- have to line up. Yeah, try emailing me on this. Because yeah. um, you email the first venue and they give you the first. And then you go, right, I need to go for the second, third. Yeah. And the next venue will go, oh, we can do the third. And you go... Well, that's in Swindon and that one's in Cornwall. So where's in between Swindon and Cornwall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can play on the second. Man, it's like, but even with uh, the Lost Soul tour that I'm doing in March, I knew I wanted to do uh, the album launch at the start of March mm-hmm. in Southampton. Like that's my hometown. Like that's where yeah. the band is kind of based anyway. And uh, that's, that's just the best place for it kind of thing. So uh, I knew I wanted to do that. 
and bring a decent crowd there. And I knew I wanted to finish it. I play quite a lot in Portsmouth. I knew I wanted to finish in Portsmouth, which is a bit weird for someone from Southampton yeah. to be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to celebrate both Southampton and Portsmouth yeah. for this. <laughs> We're only Southampton um, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, right, that's what I want to do. And I wanted to kind of, it's the small things like trying to condense the dates up to make it actually look like it's a tour. Yeah. Um, so I didn't necessarily want to be like, okay, I'm going to play a Tuesday, the second week of March, and then my next date is two weeks later yeah, in March. You yeah. know what I mean? It has to be pretty close together. Yeah. But I was happy to have a bit of a gap between the album launch because there's a lot going into that. So the album launch is at the start of March. But then getting on to the other venues, and this is where it's been helpful to play and logistically to go and play solo in so many different places and be flexible with it, where I've gone and I've played in London and Brighton and Guildford and, and other places you. around the South Coast. And it's like, it, it, you're in a position where you can get Salisbury and you can yeah. go and like be like, message somebody and be like, look, I, I really need to find a date here. What can work? But there were two or three where, oh man, it was just, I was pulling my hair out. Like yeah. the, I'm playing Easter Sunday in Devizes and the night before, I think I'm in Brighton which is about four hours away, something yeah. like that. You know, it's a trek away. Um, it's not ideal, but it was like trying to make that work because at the time I was trying to organize, I knew I wanted to play in Brighton because I played in Brighton a fair amount. And I was like, right, what dates can I sort? I also knew the venue that I wanted to do it at. Like I played a, a So Far Sound show oh, yeah, cool. um, in Brighton last year. And I played at a venue called The Folklore Rooms, which is like, it's a really cool venue in central Brighton. And it's designed really well for like acoustic folky music. So it suits me like ideally. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know Brighton really mm. well. But for me, it was like, it's in the middle of the city. I've played there before. Yeah. It's a nice place. Like the sound is good. For me, that's enough. Yeah. I, I didn't want to risk doing it somewhere where I didn't know any of yeah. that. So I know I wanted to do it there. And it's like getting in touch with Jacko is the name of the guy who works there. Really nice guy. He runs it and owns it, I think as well. Really nice guy. Nice venue. And it's trying to trying to like throw dates at him. Yeah. Where it's almost like I'm not being out of order, but I'm like, I know I want to do it at this place. And yeah. I know I want to try and make it work. But how do I get this yeah. to work? Because you chuck a load of dates at him and he'll go, No, um, no, no, well, yes. You can't do that. No, yeah. That, you can do that, but it is a metal night. Yeah. Uh, you can do that one, but it's like a poetry evening. And you're like, Well, I have to do the poetry yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have to just fit that way in there. That's it. So that was quite stressful. And that's not. That's not his fault. That's not slight on the venue. That's no, nobody's all, yeah. fault. That's literally just the case the of world. <laughs> he already has bookings in places yeah. where I yeah. would ideally like my shows yeah. to go, you know, and then you're moving something to try and get somewhere else. Yeah. So we've ended up with London, Guildford and Brighton, like three nights in a row. Cool. I, th I think it's uh, London, Guildford, Brighton, Devizes, and I think I've got a day off and then I think I'm in Froome. So yeah. it's like that week is just a busy week. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just in terms of getting hold of people. And set the first one or two will fit in a place fine because there's yeah. nothing going in around it yeah but when you're trying to get like the next three or four or <laughs> yeah. five you're just your head's all over the shop yeah. and somebody's coming back to you like oh well can you actually do a different weekend completely yeah and it's like well no like i don't know when else i'm i'm mm. gonna be in europe you know yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah. like, i can't i can't do this what about the european stuff so for that, I was lucky where I have, like, I have a really good relationship with the guys at the railway in Winchester. Like that's where I've played probably more than most places. Yeah, cool. And there's a chap there called Oliver, who's, he's been working in music for decades. Nicest guy. And uh, he, he basically put me in touch with a 
a really nice lad called Ryan O'Reilly, who's he's been a touring musician across Europe. Mm-hmm. I think he's been doing it about ten years now. He's pretty experienced, and to be fair, I'd already heard of him, so I was already following cool. him on socials. Great. Um, not that he was following me, but <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> but it's uh, it's one of the no, I joke, but like yeah. he's a uh, well, he wouldn't have known who I was. Like, why would he? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, um, it's one of those where, uh, yeah, he was like, you need to get in touch with this guy, send him an email, and uh, just see what he says, see what you yeah. can do. Before that, I'd been like just googling places to play in frankfurt or you know what i yeah, mean like just yeah. anywhere yeah and basically i got i messaged him got hold of him and he was like okay I, th- I think i can help with some stuff because i've played so many shows and, and he's helped me out quite a lot so it's been really handy where he kind of runs his own agency as well yeah. so he does it kind of on the side it's just about getting in touch with the right people in that mm. sense i've just been fortunate where i knew somebody who knew somebody who was yeah. and i think that is all it's all it's and about and they're then able to go rob who rob clamp again and they, they're able to type your name yeah, into yeah, google yeah. and then your stuff comes yeah up. that's oh, it. it's actually got an online presence okay, and that's great. where the yeah. online presence comes back yeah. because again like if you didn't have the online presence in the first place ben's actually really really good in the sense that one of the lads in my band is really really good when we first met he was like dude film everything like yeah. if you haven't filmed it it hasn't happened yeah and i'm so grateful to him for pointing that out really i was planning on doing the odd bit of you know media work around Mm. gigs and stuff but i just didn't really realize how impactful it would be yeah i do make a joke about it where if i'm in a band and i'm i'm filming something i do make the oh if it doesn't go on instagram it didn't happen it's like a funny joke but that genuinely like no one will see it otherwise i mean like essentially the thing is like say you sell 100 tickets to something Mm. that's that's really really good like sell it to be honest like selling 10 tickets is is good like that's that's the thing selling 10 tickets is good having a front row in an audience is good yeah get some pictures of the people in the front row like or like over their shoulders in the front row because you have a front row that's that's more than i had for like the first three years of me going out and performing consistently i didn't have a front row when you actually get to the point where and i wish i could explain it to more people where there's i don't know young musicians and they've gone out of their way to get 50 people there and like fair enough it could be family and friends and that but like capitalize on it yeah get somebody there because like you know that 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 shot that image of people like just clapping at your gig that could get you your next gig yeah like and that's what you're working for really you're just working for your next gig it's been bedlam but but then ryan has set me up with uh he's well set me up but he's explained to me there's a there's a thing in germany which is called sofa concerts where it's like a it's an online company where you can submit a profile and you can apply to play in different places as a as an original musician oh, cool. so sometimes it's really stripped back sort of it's like not, a what an agent would kind of do but but it's an online mm. kind of thing and um do you have a manager do you have an agent or anything nah, like i don't have anything you no know, literally, nah, literally do it all myself but wow. I, I count on things like this mm. like as in people like that kind of I mean, this is what you work for, really. You work to be in the right room with the right people who are going to give you good advice. Yeah. So with him, it was like, let's go for a beer. I'll have a listen to you. At, I think it was an open mic. And he was like, I'll have a listen and see if you suit certain yeah. things. And that's what we did. And he was like, check out this website you can submit. And it's almost like a Tinder profile oh cool um, but it's like it's in it's mainly based around germany it's it, there's a, in different countries as well and you submit a profile and it's normally solo or it can be bands but the expectancy is that you might be able to play like quite stripped back yeah so like which is how pianos. you need to be adaptable yeah yeah, you, yeah. You can, you that's it, it yeah comes back to that and then you submit a profile and then he advised me to get onto that i've got onto that so i'm trying to get more shows through that as well and then i've also got friends in europe who i've played with at other festivals I've, i was lucky enough to go to out to bulgaria 
Victoria a couple of years ago. And uh, I got a couple of pals who have helped me out with a couple of shows in Prague and in the Netherlands. And that goes back to being a nice guy, being chatty, yeah. you know, because then you make friends around That's the world it. that you can go, I've got a gig in Bulgaria, can I stay at your house? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and then that saves you 200 quid on That's a, that's kind of it, yeah. You know I mean? Always always get drunk and befriend everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the rule, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. That was part one of Rob Clamp on the Stage Fright Podcast. I haven't done one of these one-take blunders for a while. Right, let's get this done. I'm feeling quite anxious today, so I want to just go home and play PlayStation. I tried to make this into one episode, but the whole chat was over two hours long. And as I'm a bit of a lone ranger making these shows, I decided to cut it down just to save hours of editing. Uh, but part two will be out later this week, so you won't have to wait too long. Go keep up to date with Rob online at Rob underscore Clamp underscore music. Uh, right, let's do the one take blunder bit. Oh, I can say I've done these for ages. <laughs> If you would like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early, ad-free, higher quality access of the pod, as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod, allrightstagefright at gmail.com, and find us on Instagram at the Stage Fright Podcast. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next one. Bye! <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Kiss, the new single by me, <laughs> the new single by Dan Parkinson. You don't have to be rich to be my girl, you don't have to be cool. Stream Kiss by Dan Parkinson on all streaming platforms now. I'm more compatible with, I just want your extra time.